Hello and welcome to another episode of Life in the Dark, a podcast dedicated to the golden age of radio and Hollywood's classic era. This podcast is part of the Nomad in the Middle network. More information can be found at nomadinthemiddle.com. Oh God, our Heavenly Father, grant us peace, thy most precious gift, O thou eternal source of peace, and enable us to be a messenger of peace unto the peoples of the earth. Bless our country, that it may ever be a stronghold of peace and the advocate of peace in the Council of Nations. May contentment reign within its borders, health and happiness within its homes. Strengthen the bond of friendship and fellowship between all the inhabitants of our land. Plant virtue in every soul, and may the love of thy name hallow every home and every heart. Praise be thou, O Lord, giver of peace. Victory Extra, the greatest entertainers in America, is requested by you, the men and women in the United States Armed Forces throughout the world. Command performance commemorating Allied victory throughout the world. Well, it looks like this is it. And this is Crosby. They put me up front here tonight. Hope is over annoying the English, and they asked me to say something. Tough duty. What, what can you say at a time like this? You can't throw your skimmer in the air. That's for run-of-the-mill holidays. I guess all anybody can do is thank God it's over. You know, command performance has been rolling along overseas for a couple of hundred weeks now. But we're giving it a triple-distilled airing tonight. And a lot of people you know are going to be passing through here before this meeting is over. There's going to be a lot of happiness in the air, but along with it, a lot of prayers in all our hearts.
Thank you, Risa Stevens. Tonight on this special victory edition of the Servicemen's Own Radio Program Command Performance, we're going to paste together sort of a scrapbook about the past few years. This show has sent a lot of music and a lot of laughter around the world. Today, though our deep-down feeling is one of humility, we're going to include some of the laughs and some of the songs that might have helped out in the dark days. In March of 1942, on command performance number one, when this day of victory seemed a long way off, a young lady stepped to the microphone and she said, Hello, fellas. This is Diana Shore. And you're awfully sweet to order me to sing on your very own show, Command Performance. I think a gal should be very proud to be ordered around by the United States Army, the Navy, the Marines, and the Coast Guard. Diana, I think this is the night for you to repeat the song that you've had the most request for during the three and a half years of Command Number One since then. Roger, it's coming at you, man. Because to tell you the truth, I'll be lonely. I don't mind being lonely when my heart tells me you are lonely too. I'll walk alone. They'll ask. And I'll tell them I'd There are dreams I must gather Donna. That was a collector's item if ever I heard one. You know, four days after D-Day on the French coast, when the issue was very much in doubt on Omaha Beach and when Yanks in the Pacific were making a big push on BIAC, a broadcast went out on the series called Mail Call. I think you'll agree we think it deserves a permanent place in our scrapbook of radio war memories. 
To Americans overseas and at home, we present a return command performance from Miss Betty Davis. I don't have to tell you how wonderful it is to be here tonight of all nights. What class, what refinement, what a cultured tomato. <laughs> We're cook, Jimmy Durante. <laughs> Miss Davis, this is indeed a pleasure. I've been looking high and low in this town for a person of your ilk. <laughs> Jimmy, you're trying to turn my head. Au contraire, ma petite. <laughs> <laughs> you notice that my Spanish is impeccable. <laughs> oh, flawless. But you still haven't explained why you've been looking for a person of my ilk. Because you, my dear lady, are a member of Hollywood's social set. And I wish to mingle with the blue buds. You know, the hoi polloi. <laughs> I see. In other words, you're a social climber. At last, someone who understands. <laughs> you see, Miss Davis, I'm not acceptable uh, to the upper strata because of the company I keep. What sort of company do you keep? I go around with my family. <laughs> well, how can I help solve your social problem? I have a sensational idea, Miss Davis. In order to introduce myself to society, I'm planning an exclusive lawn party at my palatial motel. <laughs> It'll be the biggest lawn party ever held. The biggest lawn party ever held? Yes, it will extend right into the gutter. <laughs> Miss Davis, it will indeed be a gala affair. Do say you'll come. Oh, delighted, Mr. Durante. Shall I dress? Naturally, we don't want the cops. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I meant, will it be formal? Very formal. Uh, wear your slacks. <laughs> All right, I shall. Pray do. You know, Miss Davis, you love the people at the party. You'll just... They're just your set. You know Barbara Hutton, of course. Yes, will she be there? No, but there'll be several girls from her store. <laughs> naturally, naturally from the ten-cent counters only. Oh, yes, naturally. Tea, tea will be served, no doubt. If you care for that sort of thing. Of course, for the more discriminating guests, there's, uh, there's straight gin. <laughs> Ah, uh, this is beginning to sound like a delightful brawl. What about entertainment? There will, of course, be a multiplicity of collateral divertisement for the ensemble. <laughs> what, what does that mean? I don't know what it means. I did well enough to say it. <laughs> but to tell the truth, Miss Davis, I'm a little short on talent for the party. I thought I'd come here and sniff around for some. Well, you have the equipment for it. <laughs> a delightful quib, Miss Davis <laughs> Well, Jimmy, I think I have just the man for you He meets your requirements to a T What does he do? He plays the piano Perhaps you should talk to him yourself Here he is in his name, Jose Iturbe Get away from that piano, that's my piano <laughs> Jose Iturbe, I'd like you to meet Jimmy Durante Jimmy Durante. Hiya, hoes. <laughs> Hiya, nose. <laughs> He's speaking pure Castile. <laughs> so this kid is a piano player, Hammers huh, Davis? 
Uh, who did he play with? Well, he's played with the Moscow Symphony, the Paris Conservatory, the New York Philharmonic with Leopold Stokowski, Sir Thomas Beecham and Kusevitsky. Can't hold the job very long, huh? <laughs> Are you looking for a pianist, Mr. Durante? Yeah, but I don't think you'll do. I gotta have a guy who can read music. But I do read music. For your information, Jimmy, Mr. Toby happens to be a musician of some renown. Well, how much do you get for a night, Jose? Oh, well, about uh, $3,000. I see you work over scale. <laughs> well, I'm not making any rash promises till I see what you can do. Oh, Jimmy, I think you'd be fairly safe without auditioning, Mr. Etobi. I can't take a chance, I, Josie. I got the music... <laughs> I can't take a chance, I, Josie. I... <laughs> I get worse as I go along. I got the music here for a piano duet. A duet? Yeah, that's what they call it when two people play. Here's your part. Them little black things, they're uh, what you call notes. This one is moving. <laughs> That's something else again. Brush it off. <laughs> now, Jose, you just wait a minute, and I'll play the piano, and I'll take the beginning. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I play the preliminaries. <laughs> You know, you can easily be replaced. <laughs> Just a minute. Just a minute, I said. Soft. 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 Wait a minute. I wouldn't do that if I was you, stranger. <laughs> Might lead to a fruit. Start again, Mr. I. Joseph. Soft. 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 Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I suppose if there were a little more, if there were a little more notes, he'd have went a little further. Just what did you accomplish by that, Jose? I, uh... I was merely trying to please. Everybody wants to get into the act. <laughs> Jimmy, possibly Mr. Toby felt a little uncomfortable playing a duet with such a great artist. Maybe he'd rather play a solo. Okay, let the big show off play. All I can say is I face these next few minutes with four booty. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been written by George Bernard Schwartz. While you, while you play Mr. I, Mr. Toby, I'm going to go look for four booties. Excuse me. This is Lionel Barrymore. I have a mailbag full of concert hall requests here for Mr. Toby to play. And now that Mr. Durante is off looking for Mr. For booting, I think he said, we can turn to some good music. It's been gratifying that our programs of the world's really fine music have reached you servicemen on battle wagons and Nissan huts and on coral islands. The music of victory reaches its crescendo tonight 
Let's listen to Jose Turby playing the Polonaise in A flat of Chopin. Show business has been sending a lot of traveling salesmen over the pond. Quite a few over there right now. 
salesmen of show business over the seas peddling their wares. There's the old Professor K. Kaiser and the amiable Jack Carson. There's that widely esteemed character actor, Jay Benny, not to mention a certain golf hustler who goes by the name of Hope. And heading toward this microphone right now is a gal who spent plenty of months with the G.I.s in Europe. Ask any E.T.O. dog face and he'll tell you about it with whistles and cheers. Marlena Dietrich. Thank you, Bing. This is a happy day for every American. I have a pretty good idea how the boys in the E.T.O. feel. You know, it's almost impossible for anybody who hasn't been up in the thick of it to imagine what this business of war is like firsthand. One man helped give the world the necessary imagination. His name was Ernie Pyle. Anybody, civilian, soldier, who has spent any time overseas, knows how the G.I.s feel about Ernie. Not long ago, he wrote some good words about this day of victory. There's a great actor, a man who has my admiration, Burgess Meredith. He's going to read them to you. It'll seem odd when at some given hour the shooting stops and everything changes again. It'll be odd to drive down an unknown road without that little knot of fear in your stomach. Odd not to listen with animal-like alertness for the meaning of every distant sound. Odd to have your spirit released from the perpetual weight that is compounded of fear and death and dirt and anguish. We've won this war because our men are brave, because of many other things. Because of Russia, England, and China, and the passage of time, and the gift of nature's materials. We did not win it because destiny created us better than all other peoples. I hope that in victory we are more grateful than we are proud. All of us together will have to learn how to reassemble our broken world into a pattern so firm and so fair that another great war cannot soon be possible. Most of us don't pretend to know the right answer. All we can do is fumble and try once more, try out of the memory of our anguish, and be as tolerant with each other as we can. How can anybody begin to do any kind of celebrating, loud or soft, jubilant or humble, without including Ginny Sims, the gal who sweetened up the airwaves of the planet ever since the war began? Ginny, what is it going to be tonight? Well, Bing, this is a song I've been wanting to sing on a day like this for an awful long time. You'd be so nice to come home to.
the fire While the breeze on high Sang a lullaby You're the all that I could desire Understand Under an August moon Burning above You'd be so just been handed a card here with the name of an added starter in this Command Performance Victory Show. I don't really know what to say about him since I'm not familiar with his work. But his name may ring a bell with some of you. Uh, Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Yes. <laughs> there, my boy. Here you are, my boy. Right over here next to me now. If you feel yourself falling, just grab. Just... <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Now, let me see here. Your name is Frank Sinatra? That's right, sir. I seem to have heard that name before. Too often, perhaps, sir? <laughs> Far too often. You're a singer, I believe, Mr. Sinatra? Yes, sir. And you? Oh! <laughs> I have cut a disc here and there, made a platter or two. I understand that your singing is one you wide acclaim, Mr. Sinatra. That is, with children under 13. <laughs> That's absolutely right, Mr. Crosby. Uh, tell me, what do you hear from the ear trumpet crowd? Now, see here. <laughs> Just a minute now, short, dark, and transparent. <laughs> you have no business to talk to me like that. You cut me when you do that. You really cut me. You do. Because I love you, Frankie boy. You're my pal. Am I, Bing? Sure you are, Frankie. I may take a little dig at you every now and then, but it hurts me more than it does you. Uh, it really hurts me as it does. I hate to do it, Frankie. Well, then why do you keep doing it? Well, I feel that suffering is good for me. <laughs> really, I'm crazy about you, Frankie. I admire all your wonderful qualities. Gee, would you like your sons to be like me? Well, no, I want them to grow up. <laughs> But, Bing, I'm your pal. I'm your chum. You mean it, Frankie? Hmm? Of course I do. Why, it's us against the world, Bing. We'll stick together through thick and thin. Yes, we will, Finn. <laughs> you said it, Thick. <laughs> you are my sunshine, my only 
sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, Frank, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Have no fears, Bing, I never will. But someday, if they do take your sunshine away and there are gray skies, don't you mind, old man. Hmm? You still have me, Bingy boy. <laughs> Climb upon my knee, Bingy boy. Oh, Bingy boy. Though you're 63, Bingy boy. I have been stabbed. <laughs> There's no way of knowing. There's no way of showing. What you mean to me, bingy boy, boy. A little high for you. <clears throat> come, come, no blood. Really, you, you don't know what you mean to me. Well, inform me, Dad. Stand by. You're the top. You're the boy who hustles me. You're the top. Though you've got no muscles. You're the guarantee that a chickadee will move. You're a high school thriller, Bobby Sox killer, the voice of swoon. Frank exaggeration, Bingo. It's a matter of fact, it's the other way around. Yeah. You're the top. You're the head canary. You're the top. Though your top ain't hairy. Oh. <laughs> That's my name, though, Harry. That's my name. You're the baritone who has held the throne with ease. You're the choice of sages, the rock of ages. You're the voice of cheese. Elvita. <laughs> I'm not the top. Ask my doctor, he knows. Well, I'm not the top. Why not? I'm just a stooge for skinos. Say I'm a total wreck. I'm a worthless check of flop. So I guess that leaves Lombardo on the top. Frank, that was jolly fun. I enjoyed every minute of it. But let us hear one of your winners, huh? Are you in good voice? Pump yourself up, sing it. What is America to me? A name, a map, or a flag I see. A certain word, democracy. What is America? The house I live in, a plot of earth, a street, the grocer and the butcher, and the people that I meet, the children in the playground, the faces that I see, all races and religions. That's America to me The place I work in The worker by my side The little town or city Where my people lived and died 
The howdy and the handshake The air of feeling free And the right to speak my mind out That's America to me The things I see about me The big things and the small The little corner newsstand And the house a mile tall The wedding in the churchyard The laughter and the tears And the dream that's been a-growing For a hundred and fifty Pavement of the city Or a garden all in bloom The church, the school, the clubhouse The million lights I see But especially the people That's America wash my face for days, for days. Practically everybody who's seen the business end of a microphone or motion picture has appeared on the Armed Forces radio programs. Such programs as Command Performance, Mail Call, Words with Music, Concert Hall, and dozens of others. Every person in the entertainment industry has pitched in on this gigantic radio job. Great performers, all of them, they could each have done a highlight spot on this or any show. They know that time is short. Troopers that they are... They are here, if only to say a word by way of signing their names to this victory command performance. My name's Rita Hayworth. This is a great day. You've cleaned things up for better days to come. Stop, Sergeant. This yarn ass. Latching on. Three down and none to go. This is Ernie Bubbles Whitman. We've been waiting a long time to say this. Hallelujah! I should like to add my name in this hour of victory. Gratefully, Ida Lupino. This is Ginger Rogers. Today, the final seal goes on the charter. Freedom from fear and want. Freedom of speech and religion. This is Ruth Hersey. This is a big day here, but the biggest day of all is when you out there come home. Claire Trevor speaking. This is a day none of us will ever forget. A gift to history from the fighting men and women of the United Nations. This is Don Wilson. Look for the seven big letters on the package. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. 
This is Bill Malden, gents. Joe and Willie are tying one on tonight with the rest of the poor, frustrated civilians. This is Corporal George Montgomery. The world's rejoicing tonight. We've built a victory. Now we can build a peace. This is Private John Conti. Victory opens the door. The new world lies ahead. This is Jing Falkenberg. Five years ago, the United Nations were merely two words. Now you've made them the bond which unites one world. Diana Lewis speaking. Tonight we celebrate a military victory, but in years to come we shall recognize that it's a victory of humanity. This is Ronald Coleman. This is the great day for the free people of the world. Practically any scrapbook has to have a little G.I. cheesecake, a little Quonset mural, as it were, sort of a pyramidal petty. And the gal who didn't run second to anybody in the pinup league, who also has done many a sweet cleft job on command, personal album, and many other G.I. shows in the past, is right here now. Janet Blair to sing, What is This Thing Called Love? I, I, I... Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
This is Bill Powell. Seems that Bing Crosby has been doing a really yeoman job as master of ceremonies on this victory command performance. So it's time to give him a breather. Now, Bing, you just sit back there, relax, and take it easy. Thank you, Bill. Oh, you've been doing a grand job, Bing. You're grand to say so. I want you just to slow down and uh, kind of enjoy this next number. I'd love to, Bill. What's it going to be? Bing Crosby singing San Fernando Valley. Oh, I'm trapped. I'm trapped. I'm packing my grip And I'm leaving today And I'm taking a trip California way I'm fixing to settle down And never more roam And make the San Fernando Valley my home I'll forget my sins I'll be making new friends Where the West begins And the sunset ends I'm gonna settle down And never more roam And make the San Fernando Valley my home I think that old Reverend Thomas made us a solemn promise that he'd make the two of us one. And I think that I'm safe in stating my tomato will be waiting. I'm coming home on the run. So I'm hitting the trail For the cow country You can forward my mail Care of RFD I'm gonna settle down And never more roam And make the San Fernando Valley my home Make the San Fernando Valley my home. I don't know those wolf calls and whistles can't be for me. This is Harry Von Zell. One of the command performance's great departments during the past few years has been sounds from home. The train whistling at a crossing, the rattle of a milk wagon at 6 a.m., the yelp of somebody's mother-in-law getting a hot foot. Tonight, tonight we're going to repeat some of the sounds we've been asked for in the past. For instance, there's a memorable request we got from a sailor. It says, Dear command performance, could you possibly have Lucille Ball sigh for me? That's all, brother. Just have her sigh. Well, since request is no, never too big or too small hereabouts, how about it, Lucille? Let's have that sigh, hmm? <sighs> Ain't that... Well, that's all, brother. Just pick him up, man. Pick him up. 
<laughs> now there's a sound effect that you can do for the boys, Harry. Oh? We've had 84,209 requests for the same thing. Well, what is it, Lucille? The sound of a bugler getting shot. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, now there's something they've wanted to do for a long time. Somebody hand me an M1 and let's go. There you are, Harry. When the bugler starts to play, let him have it. Okay. I got him that time. <laughs> well, now for another important sound effect, Lucille. I have a letter here which reads, Dear Command Performance, the sound I would love to hear most is Harry Von Zell kissing Lucille Ball. Well, I, I don't know. I... Now, don't forget anything for the boys, Lucille. <laughs> okay, let's go. Yeah. Ah. Uh, there. By the way, who sent in that request? <laughs> Me. I imagine that there must be a few fathers out there on the listening end tonight, and I imagine some of them have sons or daughters that they haven't seen yet. Of course, I'm sort of a Johnny-come-lately on this father business new racket for me, but I've got a feeling Victory Day means something extra to you guys who are looking forward to seeing your kids for the first time. We pray it'll be soon. Meanwhile, the King sisters are tossing off a lullaby to keep that kid of yours happy until you hit stateside again. The King. Goodbye this way. 
few moments, you will hear some words which were first spoken by a great American. He said them nearly two years ago, but the day for which they were written is today, the day of Allied victory, final and complete. Robert Montgomery reads them to you. now face the enormous and complex problem of building, with our allies, a strong world structure of peace. In doing that historic job, we shall be standing before a mighty bar of judgment, the judgment of all those who have fought and died in this war, the judgment of generations yet unborn, the very judgment of God. Peace no less than war must offer a spirit of comradeship, a spirit of achievement, a spirit of unselfishness and indomitable will to victory. Around us we see an unfinished world, a world of awakened people struggling to set themselves on the path of civilization, people struggling everywhere to achieve a higher cultural and material standard of life. I say we must wage the coming battle for America and for civilization on a scale worthy of the way we have unitedly waged it in association with the United Nations with whom we have stood and fought and with the association ever growing. I say we must wage a peace to attract the highest hearts and the most competent hands and brains. That, my friends, is the conception I have of the meaning of total victory. And the conception is founded upon faith, faith in the unlimited destiny, the unconquerable spirit of America. Thank you, Bob Montgomery, for bringing us the words of a man who would have given so much to see this day of victory, Franklin Delano Roosevelt.
listening to a special victory edition of Command Performance, broadcast from Hollywood especially for the servicemen and women overseas. We pause for station identification. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service. continue the special Victory Day command performance. A lot of people have worked long and hard for this day, soldiers and civilians, men of war, men of God. Here now is Loretta Young with a prayer composed by a man of God as he lay wounded in an evacuation hospital on the Burma Road. It is a common man's simple, heartfelt prayer for tomorrow, born of the rich nobility of a great soul. Please, God, give us the strength to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. Give us the courage to change the things that can and should be changed. And give us the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. next young lady on this Victory Command performance has made a major pitch to keep the gangs at the APOs from going hut-happy. I'm talking about Lena Horne, who's been rolling out some sweet music across both oceans toward the audiences that have made this Victory Day a reality. Along with the AFRS Orchestra, under the direction of the mighty Major Meredith Wilson, Lena's going to sing the song that she's had more commands to perform than any other, The Man I Love. to be every night I dream a little dream and of course Prince Charming is a theme the although I realize as well as you that it's seldom that a dream comes true Strong 
then in a little while you'll take my hand and though it seems absurd I know we both won't say of the armed forces have written many thousands of letters expressing your gratitude for the radio service that has followed you where wartime needs have taken you. This gratitude rightfully belongs to the broadcasting and entertainment industry of the United States. For the armed forces radio service would not have been possible without their continued and complete cooperation. At the inception of AFRS, these industries told us, both by word and by action, the best of American radio must be given to our armed forces in whatever volume is needed. So we here tonight convey your gratitude to the four great radio networks and the independent radio stations of your country. The commercial advertisers and their agencies, the musicians' unions, copyright owners and publishers, the recording and transcription companies, the unions and representatives of all talent appearing on these programs, the artists of stage, screen, and radio, and the Hollywood Victory Committee, which has scheduled their appearances. Such a united, single-purpose effort for the welfare of the men and women of our armed forces is a tribute not only to the industry's concern, but to the fine democratic principles of free competitive enterprise upon which these industries were founded and developed. You have just heard Colonel Thomas H.A. Lewis, Commandant, Armed Forces Radio Service. And talking about AFRS... Hi, fellas. This is G.I. Jill. A few weeks ago, we sent you program number 1,000 of G.I. Jive. 
It was sort of a celebration hitting the all-time high mark on one of your own special shows. But this is a day we've really been waiting for. G.I. Jive wants to latch on to the proceedings and join the beam with our own theme man, Mr. G.I. Jive himself, Johnny Mercer. This is a G.I. Jive man alive. It starts with the bugler blowing reveille over your bed when you arrive. Jack, that's a G.I. Jive. Rudely toot, jump in your suit, make a salute. Hoot! Have to you wash and dress more or less. You go get your breakfast in a beautiful little cafe they call the Mess. Jack, when you convalesce, out of your seat, into the street, make with the feet. Reach! If you're a PVT, your duty is to salute the L-I-E-U-T. But if you brush the L-I-E-U-T, the M-P makes you KP on the QT. This is the G-I man alive. They give you a private tank that features a little device called Fluid Drive. Jack, after you revive, chunk all your junk back in the trunk, fall on your bunk. But if you brush the L-I-E-U-T Hey, the M-P makes you K-P on the Q-T This is the G-I-T Man Alive They give you a private tank That features a little device Called Fluid Drive Hey, Jack, after you revive Chunk all your junk Back in the trunk, fall on your bunk. Lunk in your counting jeep. But before you count to five, you'll be right back digging at G.
radio scrapbook of this war must contain more than the memories of music and entertainment. Memorable words have passed through microphones into the ether these past five years. Edward G. Robinson and Orson Welles are here to recreate some of these words. Edward G. Robinson speaking. Well, this is the payoff. This is the time to reflect on the events and deeds which have brought this victory into being. We've had some great military leaders in this conflict. Their words have rallied us at times when the outlook was pretty black. A few months after Pearl Harbor, when our hopelessly outnumbered forces had to evacuate the Philippines, General of the Armies, Douglas MacArthur, spoke these words. Corregidor needs no comment from me. It has sounded its own story at the mouth of its guns. It has scrolled its own epitaph on enemy tablets. But through the bloody haze of its last reverberating shot, I shall always seem to see the vision of its grim, gaunt, and ghostly men still unafraid. As the march toward Tokyo quickened its pace, Admiral of the Fleet, Chester W. Nimitz, spoke these words about the victory to come. Our entrenched enemy, and the long road we must travel to get at him, are the barriers to victory. They will not be overcome until much hard work has been done. But we know that any aggressor nation choosing to test the fiber of the American people in war will be given an object lesson in what it means to work and what it means to fight. With faith in the justice of our cause and confidence in our ability to see it through, we will not fail. The men and women of the United States Navy have proved the rightness of the Admiral's words. Another great military leader, General of the Army's Dwight D. Eisenhower, has spoken out with conviction about the ways of peace. The soldier knows that in war, the threat of separate annihilation tends to hold allies together. He hopes we can find in peace a nobler incentive to produce the same unity. He passionately believes that with the same determination, the same optimistic resolution, and the same mutual consideration among allies, the problems of peace can and must be met. He sees the United Nations, strong but considerate, humane and understanding leaders in the world to preserve the peace he is winning. The will of the world's people is united behind General Eisenhower's prophecy. By the grace of God, the peace that begins today will be a peace that endures. This is certainly a, a great day. To us here, there's only one fellow missing. He's busy elsewhere. That grand old man of comedy, Mr. Bob Hope. <laughs> I know that uh, Bob and I have said many disparaging things about one another. He's way in front. But actually, there's a pretty deep bond between us. There's nothing in the world I wouldn't do for Bob Hope. There's nothing in the world he wouldn't do for me. That's the way we go through life, doing nothing for each other. We sure miss it. You know, when you get to assembling a scrapbook of command performance memories, you just can't help remembering the bright spots of color supplied by a gal named Lena Romay. 
Lena's song is Sweet Curry. Despierta el alba la noche, ya se va con tus gorjeos, con tu trina. Despierta el alba la noche, ya se va. Chiu, 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 chiu. My heart singing just for two. Chiu, 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 chiu. And when you're near, I hear an angel sing. Quonsets and tents and foxholes, here's a spot that'll take you back to the Christmas command of 1944. Listen, lads, and remember. Now, folks, we bring you one of the brightest young stars ever to flash across the entertainment world. Loads of charm, bursting with talent, a really thrilling personality, effervescent, magnetic, dynamic, Danny Kaye. Well, how are you tonight, Danny? Pretty good, huh? Uh-huh. Oh, I bet you have something really sensational for our show tonight. Uh-huh. Something that'll really rock them, sock them, lay them in the aisles, eh? Uh-huh. What personality, what magnetism this boy has. He's loaded. Uh-huh. Is uh-huh all you can say? Uh-uh. <laughs> well, say something else, for goodness sake. Bing, my dear little boy. Здравствуйте, кучи из Лесняжи, со Стросняжи, с Марквандоли, сорто и снежь, брасфачи, жолькят. Марч! What does that mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, now, this is ridiculous. I thought you were supposed to be a comedian, Danny. Well, I am after a fashion bingy boy, but there's no sense trying to top you, the great thing, Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, you've got loads of charm. You're bursting with talent, a really thrilling personality. Effervescent, magnetic, dynamic Bing Crosby. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, Bingy, my uh, files only go back to 1937. But yes, that is a disadvantage. My mm-hmm. ad libs go clear back to Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I figured, so if you don't mind, Bing, I'll just sing. That'll be grand, Danny. What's it going to be? Well, I'd like to do a little thing we did in a picture called Up in Arms. It was in the scene of a lobby theater. And, uh, <laughs> this, if you remember, took place in the lobby of a movie house, and we were all standing on line, and I was complaining very bitterly to some people standing with me and that we were going in to see a musical picture. I said, if you see musical pictures, you've seen them all. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. So I said, supposing you do get in the theater, and supposing you do get a seat, and suppose the woman in front does take her hat off, what do you see? Manic Depressive Pictures present... the name of the picture and you'd like to see it. But no. <laughs> Screen play by Gluck, from a stage play by Mott, from a story by Blip, from a chapter by Ronk, from a sentence by Dokes, from a comma by Stokes, from an idea by Grokes, based on a Joe Miller's a joke. <laughs> now you know the name of the picture and who wrote it. And you'd still like to see it. But now. <laughs> Art direction, Finkel, Puff, and Teary is Minerva, Buff, Photography, Alonzo, Tech, Recorded, Sound as Needle, Beck, Upholstery by Zachary, Knickknackery by Thackery, Trepsichery by Dickery, and Dickery by Doc. Now, finally, at last, comes the picture. And what do we see? The same old beautiful chorus girl. The opening scene is a ranch in Fresno, California. So what are they singing? When it's cherry blossom time in Orange, New Jersey, we'll make a peach of our pear. I know we can't elope, so honey, do be mine. And Up from the gulch rides a hunk of man. He is our hero, Cowboy Dan, a galloping yodeling buckaroo. His horse, of course, is a baritone, too. <laughs> I've got that old wagon wheels inside of me. I've got that old cactus in the height of me. I've got that. The girls are delighted to hear this. But where is our heroine? As the bell rings for lunch, we find our heroine in the corral eating her heart out. She is Mary Suan, tap-dancing daughter of an American juggling act who left her on the doorstep of an old English castle where she was found by Sir Basil Metabolism who said, By Jove, girl, baby! I shall raise her as my own daughter! Which he did. But she wants to tap dance, and Cowboy Dan, who she met on this trip and who was love at first sight, wants to marry her so she can't tap dance, but she knows Sir Basil will never permit this. Never! 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 Woo! 
why she's eating her heart out. Because she wants to tap dance. But through her tears, she is singing a happy little song because she is also a coloratura soprano. <clears throat> She is beside herself. Her favorite position. Password of the FBI. It can't be. No, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, it can't be. But it was. <laughs> he rushes to Mary Sue Ann. Mary Sue Ann, can you help me? You must step out a message in code. This is her big chance. Now she can tap dance, which she does. But what has she done? She has betrayed her own father. But he isn't her father. He is Heinrich von Schlupen van Grotesblum, home in the Grotesblum, hide in the Bing Crosby, hold and pile in the hold. <laughs> the dangerous German spy. Stick up your hands, you dirty rat, and gout is flirting, ice and blood, so ah, the FBI finally captured the German spy. Dan and Mary are about to blend. You think the picture's about to end? But now. <laughs> Who ever heard of a musical picture without Carmelita Pepita? The Bolivian Bombshell. I wish you could come with me to my little village in Bolivia. So peaceful there are the purple mountains with the lovely mist and the shining stars. And the little people who live so simple and quiet. And all they want to do is sing. When it's cherry blossom time, then on to Jersey, we'll make a peach of us. You fellas have heard this young lady sing on half a hundred assorted shows heading overseas. My one-time arpeggio associate, the lovely Marilyn Maxwell, singing I Got Rhythm. Everything's got to have a beat. Even Mr. Porter's tom-toms in the verse of night and day had to have a rhythm had to have something to say Even Tommy Dorsey When he's playing awfully sweet Had to have a beat I am no exception to the rule When I hear a guy like Krupa I just seem to melt away Well, something stirs within me And something tries to say Lady, you got I got rhythm, I got music I got my man who could ask for anything more 
I got daisies in green pastures. I got my man who could ask for anything more. Oh, man, trouble, I don't mind him. You won't find him hanging around my door. Oh, I'm with sweet dreams. I've got starlight. I got my man who could ask for anything more. Who could ask for anything more? I've got rhythm. I've got music. And I've got my man. I've got daisies in green pastures. And I've got my man. Oh, man trouble ain't hanging around no more. Ain't gonna show his face round this lovely place. He's gone for good cause I got my man and I've got a feeling that I've got This is Herbert Marshall. A great poem came out of this war. It was written by a 19-year-old American boy named John McGee. He wrote it while serving in England as a fighter pilot in the Royal Canadian Air Force. May I read it on this day of victory? slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter-silvered wings. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of. Wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Up, up the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the wind-swept heights with easy grace, where never lark nor even eagle flew. And while with silent, lifting mind I've trod the high, untrespassed sanctity of space, put out my hand and touched the face of God. when you're whipping up a scrapbook of memories, you're missing the boat a nautical mile if you don't include the items that brought the most pleasure. During these war years, we've never been short on musical imports from South America to beam to you wherever you are. One of the chief purveyors of L'Amour Latin from the Rhine to the Yangtze is La Carmen Miranda, who's going to sing Tico Tico. Tico-tico-tico, tô outra vez aqui. O tico-tico tá comendo meu cupá. Tico-tico-tico, tenta que se alimentar. Que eu vou comer hoje, vem minha cana fumar. Tico-tico-tico-tico, tá outra vez aq
Obliged to meet you, too, Miss Colby. Well, thank you, Archie. Yeah, it ain't every day I meet a high-class tomato like yourself. <laughs> well, that's very flattering, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, Archie, I've heard so much about Duffy's Tavern. What sort of a place is it? Well, it's only one of the most exclusive joints in New York, you know. Exclusive, huh? Very risque. Yeah, we uh, cater to nothing but the hoi polloi. As a matter of fact, you can't get into the place without a card, you know. Yeah, and how do you get a card? We got a kid in the street handing them out. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's a very fresh idea. Yeah, well, it's a fresh kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a great place, Duffy's. You know, when you say what's it like, it's hard to describe, but uh, it has that certain something, you know. Uh, je ne sais quoi? What? Je ne sais quoi? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a little of that, too. <laughs> I mean, it has that air of distinction. Distinction? Oh, well, it did have at first, but the health department took care of that. <laughs> I see. <laughs> well, well, tell me, how's the cuisine? The cuisine? Oh, the best. Practically as good as the food. <laughs> oh, what food, Miss Cobain? The next time you get a sucky, you know, to take you to dinner, mm -hmm. bring them down to the joint. Uh, uh, try a 25-cent seven-course dinner. Uh, that's the one with the laminated heron. Uh, <laughs> you'll never forget it. Seven courses for 25 cents. Well, it might not seem like much to you, but it's a lot of money to the bums that come into the joint. <laughs> yeah, and it's worth it when you consider the service, you oh, know. Oh, the service is the best, too, hmm? Genesee, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we make it personal, you know, a private napkin to each customer. Uh, individual knives and forks. The tablecloth changed every fortnight. Sometimes even every third night. And of course, you know, we wouldn't dream of putting a spittoon on the table unless it had a doily under it. So you see, it's worth 25 cents when you consider the floor show. A floor show? Yeah, a one-man band, a guy known as the Lone Arranger. 
terrific guy. He plays the harmonica with his mouth, the drums with his feet, and assembles with his elbows. What does he do with his hands? He holds them over his ears. <laughs> the guy can't stand it. <laughs> and you... Oh, I can't believe it. You left such a charming establishment to come here to Hollywood. Yeah, but there's madness in me, Method. Miss Coburn, how would you like to be co-starred with one of the greatest living movie actors? Who? Me. You? Yeah, me. Miss Kobe, you don't happen to know it, but actor's blood curses through me corpsuckles. <laughs> but you've never acted. Don't make no difference. The smell of the grease ball is in me nostrils. <laughs> yeah, you and me will make a great team, Claudie. Mm. <clears throat> well, I'm sorry, Archie, but I sort of promised Bill Shakespeare I'd go back to Broadway and do one of his plays next season. You promised Shakespeare? Ain't he dead? Yeah, I promised it to him on his deathbed. Well, a promise is a promise. <laughs> Leave us forget pictures. You and me will do Shakespeare on the stage together. Yep, and mayhap we'll even win the Putzel Prize. <laughs> that never died like that. <laughs> yeah. Together we'll march on with Claudie. We'll be a team like Alfred Lint and Lunt Fontaine. <laughs> like that Chilcret and Legallian. Like Abbott and Costello. But Archie, you and Shakespeare. Why not? I bet that Shakespeare with me I date. William Randolph Shakespeare. The bard. The bard of Stratford Avenue. What a writer he was. To be or not to be. Only three words, but what with what meaning? What do they mean? Who cares? <laughs> was beautiful. And that other sock expression of his, uh, Juliet. Juliet. Wherefore art thou, Juliet? Oh, please, leave me get out of here. Now, wait a minute. You can't walk out on me. What about the team? What about this Butzler Prize? No, no, Archie, yours is a great talent. It belongs to the world. You don't need me. No? No. Maybe not. <laughs> no. Archie, you must go on alone to great heights. Oh, I can see it now, your name and light. Archie and King Lear. Archie and Macbeth. Archie and Hamlet. Archie and Twelfth Night. Archie and Tobacco Road. Yes, yes, you go on and on. And all I ask is that someday when you're striding about the stage in your long black tights, you will look up toward the balcony, and there in the very last row will be a little old lady, and I will be saying to the people around me, that's Archie. I knew him when. I knew him when. You think you ought to be talking while I'm acting? I don't know, but I'm sure of one thing. I oughtn't to be acting while you're talking. Well, anyways, good night, and I bid you a fond adieu. This is Greer Garson. For Americans... There have been four Christmases at war. The first was the darkest one, Christmas 1941. The smoke of treachery at Pearl Harbor had barely lifted. By Christmas 1942, a glimmer of hope appeared. The giant weapons began to come out of the forge to take shape and to move into striking position with others united. Christmas 1943 and the crossing of the Atlantic. And signs even then that the Pacific might again someday hold title to its name. Christmas 1944, with victory in Europe in sight and a tidal wave moving toward the east. 
Christmas 1945. This will be the Christmas that we and all the world have prayed so earnestly for. A Christmas of peace and hope. A white Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow I'm dreaming of a white Christmas With every Christmas card I write man, Yeoman Third Class William Welch, has written a prayer for this day of victory. Orson Welles will read it. We join in spirit around the world as these words are spoken. O God of battle and of peace, for the blessings of this day, for the lives that have been spared, for the prayers that have been answered. Thank you from a full and humble heart. In this, the hour of peace, remember those, O oh God, who gave so much and asked so little. Hear the voices of these men rising from the jungles of New Guinea and the Solomons, from the blood-soaked soil of Iwo Jima and the flame-scorched caves of Okinawa. Hear the chorus of their thanks from the mass of wreckage at Salerno and the twisted rubble that was once a German town. Across the length and breadth of every continent, from the hell-scarred places where they fell, their voices in thanksgiving rise. In memory of these and all the other men and women of the world who bled and died that we might see this day, men of myriad tongues, of myriad faiths, many races, men who had in common the love of dignity and freedom. To these, the citizens of Earth, we dedicate our future and our lives. Give us strength, O God, and wisdom 
to use the gift that was so dearly bought with blood and toil and tears. Amen. The Armed Forces Radio Service has brought you this special broadcast commemorating Victory Day. This is Ken Carpenter signing off on behalf of all who appeared on command performance on this, the first day of world peace. Our national anthem. <laughs>